Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of the Apron Bumps Wrestling Podcast. We are now over a quarter of 100, I guess, uh, episodes now, over it officially. I'm getting closer to 30. It's another episode in season two. Um, big, big week ahead. We have a lot of stuff coming up, and that includes what I'm going to predict today. So the boys, due to scheduling issues, were not able to actually be on the show with me today. So what they did was they sent me their predictions, and I'm going to talk about their predictions and reflect them to my own throughout uh, the show. So both Gabe and uh, so both Gabe Nozid and Brandon Moyes both gave me their predictions going into this recording. I have them both. I'm going to read them uh, as we get go through these predictions, and then obviously compare them to my own. As we go over the 10 matches scheduled for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, it's going to be two nights, starting tomorrow night at 8 o'clock p.m. on USA Network. They're going to host night one, which has five matches. And then the next night on Thursday is a network exclusive or Peacock exclusive for you people in the States. Um, Network for everywhere else in the world, including my country of Canada. Network exclusive night, night two, on uh, April the 7th, or April the 8th, which is Thursday. So... Doing double nights to take over midweek this week because then you got SmackDown Friday and two nights of WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. So I got some big stuff. So on Friday, I'm actually going to predict WrestleMania. Might have to do the same thing. I don't know what the boys' schedules is like, so we'll see what it's how it, how it goes come Friday. We'll see if they're going to be available to do anything. Uh, Gabe said he might be able to do reviews for stuff. Um, so, uh, but I mean, I want to do the review right after. Uh, takeover is done so that like a day later I can do the predictions for both nights of WrestleMania. Um, so we'll see where it goes. If they got to send me their predictions for WrestleMania as well, I'll do kind of the same thing that I did here, but I'm not missing this. It's like one of the biggest weeks for NXT, one of the biggest weeks for WWE as a whole. It's a big, it's probably the biggest, biggest week of the year as far as, uh, just being busy and having a lot of content and having these, these big massive shows all pretty much back to back to back excluding SmackDown, but I guess they might set up some big angles going on the go-home show to WrestleMania. It's the last uh, SmackDown on Fox episode before WrestleMania airs on Saturday night, April 10th. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but here's the show that I'm I'm actually more excited for the TakeOver, which is tomorrow and Thursday night. So that's what we're here to talk about tonight. And uh, we already got all the cards lined up. They, They've announced a few graphics, which kind of show the match order, I believe, uh, doing the main event top and what they plan to open with at the bottom. And I kind of been following it on Twitter, so I'm assuming that's how they're going to lay out the matches is by those uh, those match graphics that they actually showed on NXT television that they shared on Twitter a few times. Um, they did not share it after this match got added, but uh, I assume it's going to be the opener for night one, and that is Kushida versus Pete Dunne, which is uh, random. They, they threw this together on the go-home show to take over stand and deliver uh last week they kind of had them have like an altercation backstage and then they grappled each other and caused each other to get eliminated from the gauntlet and now they're gonna wrestle in the opener on stand and deliver night one which is like interesting i mean from a styles perspective they're probably gonna mesh very well in the ring together I don't imagine that, uh, you know, the action will be dull or anything like that. I imagine the action will be quite good. It's just, it's by far the match with the least amount of built, least amount of built going into the show. So it's just an opener on a takeover card. Maybe they'll get a bit of time, but since they're on night one and night one is just on cable television, it's just on USA network and USA has their standard commercial slots for the two hours. The show is supposed to run. 
So I don't know how that's going to go. There's probably going to be a lot of picture-in-picture, picture, which is probably going to affect a lot of the matches in their quality on night one, unless, like, they've struck a deal for that their last week on Wednesday it's going to be commercial-free. I doubt it's going to be commercial-free. Even Triple H is like, oh, we'll see what we'll do with the commercials. I imagine it's going to be a lot of picture-in-picture. Picture. I mean, Dynamite does it fucking every week. NXT does it on the regular, too. It's just it's going to be a shame that, you know, the, the matches are going to be made tiny, tiny, small screens while you watch another slightly bigger, small screen of the commercial that, you know, your attention just get focused to it because it's right there and it's slightly bigger. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know how that's going to go. I imagine there's going to be commercials and that's going to affect the flow of this show somewhat for night one. But I'm sure this is going to be the opener. And as I said, the fact that they got two hours to work with, eight till a little after ten, I imagine me, I don't know, they got five matches booked like you would have for a normal takeover of the usual three-hour time slot that they're given. But night one is going to be an hour less because they only have TV time from eight until ten Eastern. So I don't know how many matches are going to get affected by that, how many might be rushed. I guess we're going to have to find out tomorrow night. But regardless, figuring out the show structure aside, we are here for predictions, right? That's what we are here for. So as far as the opener is concerned, I think Pete Dunne is going to get this win. Um, they had a, t a time period with Kushida where they could have done something with him and kind of brought him to the next level if they decided to have him win the North American title over Johnny Gargano back at TakeOver Vengeance Day. They instead had Johnny retain... They just kind of dropped Kushida as a North American Championship title challenger. It was like he was literally a opponent to give Johnny a great match for February, and they did nothing since then. I thought for sure he was at least going to make the gauntlet match on night one, but he didn't. He's instead wrestling Pete Dunne, who we know that the NXT crew is very high on Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne is just coming off a main event loss to Finn Balor at the last takeover, so both guys are coming off big takeover losses, but I know that they value Pete Dunne a little more. Um, there's nothing that they've done with Kushida in the last month that makes me think that they're going to give him a big win here. I mean, he's lucky to have even made the card, realistically speaking, with how they've used him over the last uh, almost two months since TakeOver Vengeance Day wrapped up. And so there's nothing going into this match that makes me think that Kushida is going to win. I 100% believe Pete Dunne. They're going to have a, you know, Kushida will give them some great action. They'll have a nice back and forth. You know, they'll do what they can. But Pete Dunne's going to get that W in the end. If we go over to what Gabe had to say here. So, here we've got uh, Gabe Nozid's big line of predictions here. So, I'm going to scroll up down to where he gave me it. And he basically uh, explains exactly what I was thinking. I asked him about the, this opener and he said, Dunne, Kushida is used to taking the fall in NXT. And they don't want to make Dunn look weak right now. Dunn over Kushida. So there you have it there. Um, and yeah, so I, I I think the same way. I think the exact same way is that. Um, I think they value Pete Dunn more, and therefore they are going to give him the win. Um, there's nothing, as I said, absolutely, there's nothing going into this match that makes me think that Kushida's got a shot. You know, it's just they have not used him in any way where I think they're going to give him a win like they had a chance to do it by giving him the north american title and they decided to keep it on johnny and now he's just kind of floundered in nxt's mid card for the last month and a half so but here's the devil's advocate here's what what my other co-host brandon moise had to say we're gonna jump over to facebook here and he says night one kushida overdone they're building kushida to be the next babyface champion in the future now 
At least he's always good to be the devil's advocate and bounce over to what me and bounce against what me and Gabe have to say. But Brandon, I've seen nothing. Unless the unless it's post takeover stand and deliver plans that they have him for, and they're going to start it here by giving him a big win over Pete Dunn in the opener of night one of stand and deliver. I just don't see it. I would like to think that they're going to build him up to challenge for the title in the future. But I think we've got another baby face that'll be lined up to challenge for the title in the future. And we will get to him eventually. Let's just say I don't think it's Kushida. <laughs> so that's it. So me and Gabe say that Pete Dunn will win this opener. And uh, Brandon is saying that Kushida will win. But again, my overall prediction is I believe that this is a match to get both guys on the card. But it's a match that they're going to give Pete Dunn a win in the opener. Because if you're not first, you might as well be last, right? Even though I don't know. The opener for night one is going to be all the matches on night one are, are suspect unless like they announce that it's going to be like commercial free at some point, which has not been announced yet. The amount of picture and picture that's going to ruin the flow of the show has me kind of weary. And the fact that it's only two hours, like can you give five matches a decent amount of time, the usual takeover time without that extra third hour at play. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that at all, to be honest. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. Just uh, it's it's questionable at this point. So after that, we've got what I believe is going to be the second match of um, night one, which is the Gauntlet Eliminator match. It's a six-man bout to determine who gets a shot at Johnny Gargano the next night for the North American title on night two. So Leon Ruff is going to enter at number one. Isaiah Swerve Scott is going to enter at number two. So what happened was they had this. 12-man battle royal in the main event of the go-home show to NXT last week. And the last half got were... So when it got down to six, that uh, determined their order. So when it got down to six, Leon Ruff was the first person eliminated. And then uh, Swerve Scott got eliminated after that. They became the first two to enter because they were the first eliminated from the top six. And so then after that, Bronson Reed is going to join. He's going to be the third entrant. Afterwards, Cameron Grimes will join entrant number four. Dexter Loomis second to last. And then NXT's newest acquisition, LA Knight, is going to be the final entrant in the Gauntlet Eliminator. Um, I'm not going to do any long predictions on who's going to pin who, who's going to last long, who's going to be the Iron Man. There's many ways in which they can lay this thing out. I'm just going to go with simply the winner which I believe that they're going to give this win to Dexter Loomis. I mean, there is a very small chance to change their mind and decide to have Bronson Reed challenge for the title because I know that the NXT crew, they see something in Bronson Reed as a worker, as a performer. They, they, they like his agility. I think they like, um, yeah, I think they like his ability to cut promos as well. There's something about Bronson Reed that the NXT team seems to really enjoy, and I'm a fan of his work as well. And um, he did mention in the weeks leading up to this saying to Kushida that, you know, you lost, so I'm going to be next in line to face the North American champion. But meanwhile, he never really had any other than staking his claim to get a next shot. He never really had any confrontations with Johnny Gargano, whereas Dexter Loomis has been involved in a story with Johnny and his faction the way for months now. It's been going on since pretty much the new year started, since like the dawn of 2021. Dexter Loomis has been a sword, uh, a sword, a thorn in Johnny Gargano and the way's side. So that's why I think he's going to win here. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to give Bronson a, um, you know, like a little, a little, little takeover shine and have him win this and challenge Johnny the next night. But I still, even though he's the, my maybe choice, 
I still think Dexter Loomis is going to win. I don't believe any of the heels are going to win. As I said, Isaiah Swerve Scott turned heel like a month ago on or a month or two ago on Leon Ruff. He's a heel now. Leon Ruff is a former champion and a babyface, but uh, he's definitely, it seems like he's 100% been phased out of the title picture. He was, the championship was used to debut him and make him significant for like a month, and then they took it off of him, and he's just kind of fallen down the card ever since. I don't see him winning. Bronson Reed is a maybe. He's one of the, he's the guy in this match that I give maybe the second most chance of winning, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did win. But I still am going to go with Loomis over him. Um, Cameron Grimes is a heel. I don't see him winning. And LA Knight is a heel. So I don't see him winning. Like Johnny Gargano is a heel. He's a heel champion. I don't see a heel versus heel matchup happening on TakeOver Night 2. So I got to go with Dexter Loomis. He's the one man in this match who's been in a, involved in a long-term story with Johnny Gargano in the way. And it, it makes, even though I would maybe rather see Cameron Grimes or Bronson Reed get a title shot against Johnny the next night from a storyline perspective, Dexter does make the most sense. He is the one wrestler that's in this match that is intertwined with Johnny in the way and has been for a few months now. So I have to, I have to go with it. Um, and Gabe actually, you know, he kind of agreed. So if we're going to go to over to Gabe's uh, prediction and back on discord, he said the following, um, he really wants Cameron Grimes to win, but he thinks that they're going to ca uh, cap off the Gargano-Loomis story soon, probably meaning during this takeover stand and deliver double night of action. Loomis over all the other gauntlet competitors. So he agrees that Dexter Loomis will win the gauntlet eliminator match. Now, what did Brandon Moyce have to say? Well, he went completely out of left field on his choice, which we always enjoy reading and going over. Brandon Moyes had this to say regarding the Gauntlet Eliminator. He said, LA Knight. I think it's going to be a late decision. Like they're going to decide day of. I doubt that. They've probably already decided the winner. I don't think it's a late decision. Whoever they've decided for, they've already decided when they booked this match. Uh, he's got so much hype, I think he gets it. Right. Um, he did win the Battle Royal, which kind of made him stand tall on the go-home show, which exactly makes me think why he's not going to win at TakeOver. He got a big win on TV to make you think that he's the favorite because he's the last entrant, but the last entrant, who's a heel, generally gets overcome by the babyface, fluke school by roll-up when they, they get cocky and they taunt that they're the last to enter. Their confidence screws them over in the end, and they get pinned. Um, so the fact, and even then, I, I think Brandon's forgetting that LA Knight lost to Bronson Reed in his debut. Well, I guess it wasn't his debut, but he, he beat a scrub in his debut. Then him and Bronson Reed had a match the week after. And when he actually faced a star of the NXT roster, he got beat. Bronson Reed pinned him clean in the middle. And then they, they decided to rehab him by having him win this, uh, this battle Royal to enter the gauntlet eliminator last. I don't know. I don't see any of the heels winning this thing. Bronson Reed is a maybe. At this point, Dexter Loomis is still my choice uh, to win this Gauntlet Eliminator match because he's the one who actually has the most um, the most history with Johnny going into this. He's the only competitor in this match that has been involved in storyline with Johnny Gargano for a number of months now, and including in just a few weeks ago, having drugged Austin Theory and kidnapped him, and how the way are kind of except for Candice, but we're talking Indy Hartwell and, and Austin Theory are sympathizing with Dexter Loomis. They're kind of 
you know, they're trying to tell Johnny and Candace, oh, he's a good guy, you know, just get to know him. You, you, you know, he's got a secret side, blah, blah, blah. They're trying to get Johnny and Candace to, to like him, and that's causing some rifts in, in the way. So you got to keep that story going. And the way to keep it going is to have him win here. I mean, he's one of the six participants. I don't see that uh, being done as an accident. So, yes, um, firmly, I think Dexter Loomis is going to win this thing. Then we've got the third match of the night, which is a triple threat tag team match. You got MSK and Wesley against grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach, uh, Zach Gibson against Legato del Fantasma, which is the team of Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. It is a triple threat tag team match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championship. Now, I believe originally this match was supposed to be Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch defending the tag titles against Grizzled Young Veterans and MSK. Unfortunately, freak accident happens like two weeks ago. Danny Birch hurts his shoulder. He's going to be out for like a month or two. And so, since they wanted to put Pete Dunne in a match with Kushida, they couldn't just have Pete Dunne sub with Oni Lorcan. So they just kind of threw their hands up in the air and vacated Lorcan and Birch for the tag titles. Um, booked a triple threat match still for the vacant titles, but now they've inserted Legato del Fantasma to be that third team in this match. So uh, I definitely don't think they're winning. Um, but we've got some interesting uh, parallels here. So I'm going to go with Gabe's prediction first on this one. So here's what Gabe had to say. And then we'll jump to Brandon's prediction and then jump to mine. I kind of jumped ahead and did my predictions for the first two. And now we're going to tailor it back and throw it to the, the, the hosts for the rest of this uh, these predictions. So we're going to jump to Gabe's prediction first on this here match. I mean, it should be a, a very fun, fast-paced match. Again, I'm not sure how much time it's going to get, but maybe it'll be a human highlight reel for whatever time they do get. Here's what Gabe had to say about the triple threat tag team match for the vacant NXT tag team titles. He said, Wouldn't be surprised if MSK won, but grizzled young veterans deserve it now more than ever, especially after jobbing in the Dusty Finals twice. Because remember, last year they lost to Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle in the finals of the Dusty Cup. And now this year they lost to MSK in the finals of the Dusty Cup that happened at TakeOver Vengeance Day this year. And he says, Legato del Fantasma are great, but I don't think it's their time to hold tag gold. Agreed. I, I mean, they're really only in this spot because the titles were vacated and the champ one half of the champions got injured and are the whole team's out of the match now so they kind of lucked out and got a takeover spot due to Danny Birch's injury in the first place so he says he wouldn't be surprised if MSK won but he's sticking with grizzled young veterans to get the job done and for James Drake and Zach Gibson to win the vacant NXT tag team titles so there we go we got one 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 uh one prediction for JYV let's see what uh what Brandon had to say. He said, MSK, new tag champs. What do I have to say on the other hand? I have to agree with Brandon on this one. I believe MSK has been set up from the moment that they won the Dusty Cup beating Grizzled Young Veterans to do so, have been on a hot streak towards the tag team titles. Again, at TakeOver, Wesley actually got hurt. I think he injured, I think he broke his wrist or something like that. He he was out for a couple weeks. He had to heal up from a broken bone. In his, I'm pretty sure it was in his arm. I think, I think, he, had, I think he suffered a, a broken or fractured wrist. So he was out for a couple weeks. And uh, so it seemed like they were just going to wait to do the tag title shot on TakeOver. And they were going to give 
Gibson and Drake a bone and include them in this matchup just to get them on the card. But even with them being included, I've never thought that they've had a chance to win. It just it seems like they're being put in this match so they have a chance to perform for the tag titles and be on a takeover stage. But I don't see them winning the belts. I think MSK, from the moment that they've won, that they won the Dusty Cup at TakeOver Vengeance Day in February, they've just been on a push towards right to the top of NXT's tag team division, and I still believe that now. I believe MSK, Wesley, and Nash Carter are going to pull off the win in this triple threat tag team match and become the new NXT tag team champions. It's a shame that they couldn't beat the former champs to do so. It's a shame that Danny Burch got injured and him and Lorcan are now at a takeover because of that freak accident. Um, but uh, it's still, even with them out and the titles being vacant and it being a, a new third team is thrown in, it's three teams competing for the vacant belts. I'm still not waned. I believe MSK for sure are going to become the new tag team champions tomorrow night to take over Stand and Deliver Night 1. Good to know that Gabe is the one opposing side runs. Usually that's Brandon's role in this. That means Gabe usually end up agreeing on a lot of stuff. This time it's me and Brandon agreeing on MSK and Gabe being the devil's advocate and actually going for grizzled young veterans. Again, the fact that they've lost so much doesn't make... Again, it's, it's good that they're getting the takeover um, spot here and they're getting a chance to compete for the belts, but I just do not see them see them winning you know it just it's, it would seem weird to halt msk's momentum and not shoot them straight to the top i could be wrong i'm gonna stick it with my boys msk next up we've got the semi-main for takeover stand and deliver night one this is one that a lot of wrestling purists are going crazy for myself included gabe included brandon included and even all the guys at wrestling observer are really looking forward to this one um I mean, the chops, the hard hits, everything is lining up. Like, these two are going to beat the hell out of each other. I hope that they get a significant amount of time. Again, the fact that they're on night one makes me iffy. Because they're dealing with the night that's on cable television and has to deal with commercials. <clears throat> so, I don't know. That's the only thing that kind of makes it, like, iffy for me because of that. But, I mean, what's, what's going to be there is going to be there great. Maybe I just got to really focus on when it goes split screen and just not look at the commercial and just keep trying to focus on the action. But to hear the commentary get cut off and the sound get cut off and now you're hearing a commercial rather than Walter's chops. It's just that if it doesn't become a commercial free show, it's really going to impact a lot of these matches by just cutting off their sound and making the picture smaller. But again, regardless of my rants about that for night one, this match should be fantastic. It probably is going to be like, if it gets enough time and, it delivers in the way I'm thinking. I think this could very well probably be the match of the night for night one. Um, from an in-ring perspective, it's certainly the match I'm looking forward to. The tag title match will also be a lot of fun if it gets a decent... I mean, if they if everybody does what they need to do and it becomes a human highlight reel. And Dunn and Kushida could probably pull off some really, really cool grappling and different uh, interesting exchanges on the mat and, and work a pretty, you know, strong style, hard-hitting hard match. But it's the opener, and I, I think a lot of stuff is going to be, in the first half of the show, is going to be stressed for time. They're really going to save the time for the the uh, the semi-main and the main event. So I think this is yeah, is probably is being positioned to be the best match of the night. Um, unfortunately, it could also be the most predictable match of the night, which might dock at a few marks. Let's go over to the, the boys' predictions before my own, and let's see what they had to think about their predictions for Walter defending his longest reign as NXT United Kingdom champion ever. 
He has now been champion for two years already. He's been the NXT UK champ for two years, over two years and counting. And uh, he's defending it at a TakeOver WrestleMania week for the first time in two years against just a regular black and gold brand NXT talent. And let's see what uh, Gabe and Brandon had to say for their predictions for the semi-main of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. Starting with Gabe. <laughs> Walter, plain and simple. Walter over Champa, And uh, <laughs> that's pretty well it from Gabe. Let's see what Brandon had to say. Walter, but good match. Well, not none of these guys are giving Champa much of a shot to win, and neither am I. I say Walter to retain the title in a fantastic match and probably what's going to be the best match of night one, given both talents that are involved. Tommaso is the, one of the best workers in NXT. Walter is one of the best workers in the world. You put fucking two of those guys together. They beat the piss out of each other. They entertain you for a good 15, 20 minutes. But you know it's a foregone conclusion. Walter ain't losing the belt on U.S. soil to a U.S. talent. He's got a NXT UK title defense that's going to be taped after the show. <laughs> Which they should have like held off on that, really. But it's going to be taped sometime after this show happens. Um, he's, uh, I forget who he's defending against. Uh, I gotta look that up real quick. Let's see who he's defending against in a couple weeks. So, NXT UK title match. Let's see. I just, I didn't even know who he's, who he's defending against. Who is he defending against next? What's it? What's the guy's name? Is it, is it Brown? Is, it, is his last name Brown? Rampage Brown. Yeah, I, I thought it was something Brown. Rampage Brown is getting a shot against Walter shortly after the show. And it's going to be taped eventually. So, you know for sure, it, he's he's competing against regular American side, stateside NXT talent, Tommaso Ciampa, on night one. And he's got a defense against an actual NXT UK talent in a couple weeks. I mean, it'll be taped soon and then be broadcast a few weeks later but yeah walter ain't losing the belt here to champa um he definitely is going to retain but the match on paper in the ring should be nothing short of fantastic now we go to our main event of night one for nxt takeover stand and deliver which is happening tomorrow night on usa network starting at eight o'clock p.m eastern io shirai will defend her Long reign as NXT Women's Champion against Raquel Gonzalez. Now let's tailor it back here all the way. They set this up back in December. At NXT TakeOver War Games, the last TakeOver of 2020, Raquel Gonzalez powerbombed Io Shirai through a table between the two rings of War Games from the term, top turnbuckle and pinned her to win the War Games match for the heel women on Team Candice back in December at War Games. And she's cut a few promos ever since then, reminding everybody that she pinned the women's champion. But then they decided to split them apart, have Io do her program with Tony Storm, and then they had Raquel team with Dakota Kai in the first ever Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So they had Raquel and Dakota win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which I said in my TakeOver Vengeance Day predictions that they're going to win as a team. So it gives Raquel a big milestone victory 
before they eventually placed Raquel to get a title shot against Io at the quarter two takeover. I didn't think it was going to be this soon, but I stuck to my guns and I said that Raquel will be Io Shirai's next takeover title defense. So Io retains in a triple threat match against uh, Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm the same night that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez win the first ever women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Io Shirai continues to feud with Tony Storm for a few more weeks to a month, ends up beating her in a second title match one-on-one with no Mercedes Martinez, and right after that, they position Raquel to challenge her. Now, also, they inaugurated, weirdly, the NXT Women's Tag Titles and awarded the, the, the first titles to Dakota Kai and Raquel, I guess, for winning the Women's Dusty Cup, I guess, was their reasoning for it. Maybe the belts were supposed to be awarded that night, but they took a long time to make. But anyway, they randomly award Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as the first ever women's tag champs. An hour later, they make their first title defense against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. And Ember and Shotzi win the titles immediately. And it was very clearly done to free up Raquel Gonzalez for this big title match here. If she was just going to be a one-off opponent for EO and just another person to fall on route to like like just on a takeover she's just going to be a, a, an opponent for one takeover that eo beats don't you think they would keep the women's tag titles on her and dakota and give them a reign with it if this is just a one night affair but deep down i think it might be going to something a little deeper i really do i really do i've stuck to my guns on this long-term plan ever since i seen raquel pin eo in war games back in december but let's see what the boys got to think about this before I fully disclose my prediction. Starting with Gabe. Here's what he has to say. He said, I want EO to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if he lost. And he ends up going with Raquel over EO, even though he said he wants EO to win. He still went with Raquel over EO on his prediction, even though he wants Shirai to retain. He picked Gonzalez as his official prediction to win the title. Let's go with what Brandon has to say. Brandon said, EO, if anyone beats her, it's going to be Tony Storm. Got to stick with my girl. Well, Tony had her time and she didn't get the job done twice. Once in a triple threat match and once one-on-one before this. If they were going to have her win, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been then if they decided they were going to have Tony Storm win the, the women's title? Io Shirai has been the reigning NXT Women's Champion for well over 300 days now. She got the reign that I thought Rhea Ripley was going to get. Like a long, over nine-month title reign. I mean, I think she's been champion for 10 months now. Like today, it's been like 10 months. I think she won it on June 6th of last year. She's champion for 10 months and counting. Two months under a year. Over 300 days as champion. She's beaten everybody. Has had a great reign. Again, it's been one of the more significant women's title reigns, one of the more dominant ones that NXT has had. Again, Rhea Ripley's reign was so short and just underwhelming that when uh, I guess they felt that they really had to give the next champion a real good run, and EO's gotten that. Uh, it's like, again, she's had this reign that I really expected Rhea Ripley to get when Rhea Ripley won the title at the end of 2019 from Shayna Baszler. And she's been champion forever. She's had a good run, but it is time for a change. It is time for her. I believe she is in her last 24 hours as NXT Women's Champion. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I believe 
Tomorrow night in the main event of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1, Raquel Gonzalez will defeat Io Shirai and become the new NXT Women's Champion. So me and Gabe do agree. Even though he wants Io to retain and keep reigning as the Women's Champion, even he went with a, a gut prediction of Raquel Gonzalez winning the title. He agrees with me. Raquel to win the belt tomorrow night in the main event of Night 1. Brandon, once again, playing devil's advocate, is saying that Io's going to retain, and he believes that if Io's going to lose to anybody, it'll be eventually to Tony Storm. Tony had two chances at that belt, and she didn't get it done either time. It's Raquel's time to shine, and it will happen tomorrow night in the main event of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. That covers Night 1, which is going to happen tomorrow night, again, on USA Network, TakeOver on cable television, a first in history. It's also, I should mention, NXT's last night on Wednesdays. They have given in. They want their own night. They're done competing with AEW Dynamite. They rarely ever win in the ratings anyway. Just a couple one-off weeks where they've won. They've mainly always lost in the demos. They've lost in the ratings. And now they're moving to Tuesday so that some fans don't have to always pick Dynamite over it. The people who would be willing to watch both, like myself, if it had its own night, are going to watch on Tuesdays. And I hope that the ratings reflect that and a lot more people watch it. Because now, you don't got to choose between two shows. Dynamite was winning anyway because it's the newer, more fresh, recent product. Now people who are fans of NXT don't have to split their time and choose one over the other. Now we can actually watch both in back-to-back -back nights, which is good. This is better for fans of wrestling. It's better for fans entirely. I'm glad that NXT is getting its own night on Tuesday. I will watch weekly with that move. There were times where I did choose some NXT shows over Dynamite. If they had a big enough main event and co-main event, like obviously tomorrow I'm definitely watching it because it's a takeover card on cable. So I'm definitely watching Stand and Deliver because I got to review it. So I'm definitely, with that card, I'm choosing it over Dynamite tomorrow night. But now there's no more choosing. Now there's no more NXT having to battle and always losing in the ratings on Wednesday. Now they can get their, their own share of that demo on Tuesday nights. It is a move that's much needed, and it begins next next week. So a week from today, NXT will start running their weekly television on USA Network Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. after this week's TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. So that'll be good. That'll be good. That's starting next week, we're going to be watching weekly NXT on Tuesdays. So I can follow both the products I like. I like NXT. I like Dynamite. I was missing weeks of NXT because Dynamite's just the more fresh product. And has the more fresh talent and is the newer show. And, you know, it's it seemed, it, it's, it's, it seemed a little more must-see on a weekly basis. Like, NXT's good. You know, the booking's still pretty decent for the most part. It's still, I would say, it's still the WWE's best product. Because it's run by Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I mean, it's, I would say it's still significantly better than Raw SmackDown. But it never seemed as must-see as, as, must as Dynamite has been. So now that getting its own night... There's no more choosing over it. Now we all get to watch both. And that is for the better. Starting next week. Now we're going to move on to night two, which is a WWE Network slash Peacock exclusive uh, night. So it's not on cable television, which is the next night, which is another five matches on Thursday, April the 8th. Starting with the opener, which is, I think, going to be the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon to defend against The Way, which is the team of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. <clears throat> so as I said, 
Shotzi and Ember just won those titles like maybe three weeks ago. They they're they're just won the belts. The titles were inaugurated and changed hands within an hour of being inaugurated. It was crazy. So, in that title's very short history of not even a month old, there's already one title change so far. So, what's got to give here? You know what I mean? What's got to give? Are they going to, you know, give the belts to the Way, which are like a really hot heel faction? You know, and sacrifice Shotzi and Ember and give them a really another... They have two really short runs back-to-back. One reign that only lasted an hour and a second reign that only lasted three weeks. Or are they going to have the champions retain the titles? Well, let's throw it over to the boys and see what they had to say about this women's tag team championship match. The newest championships uh, to the NXT black and gold brand. Starting with Gabe. He said... He said that this one is the hardest one because I don't care about this match and I don't know where they could take it afterwards. So Shotzi and Ember over the way. He goes with the champions retaining the title. See what Brandon had to say about the women's tag team championships. He also says, night two, Ember and Shotzi. So what do I have to say about this women's tag team championship affair? I am going with my gut on this one. And I'm going to say that Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon retain the NXT women's tag team championships. The reason I say this is because it would, if they end up losing the belts, which again, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened either. If they decide to have Candice and Indy win the women's tag titles to bring a bunch of gold to the way... I could see that becoming a thing with the match that's after this one. It would not surprise me if that's where they wanted to take it. But it just seems so quick to take the belts off of Shotzi and Ember and to have two really short title reigns back-to-back like that. I just can't really see it. So due to that, I just see them keeping the belts on Shotzi and Ember a little longer. Giving them at least like another while longer as champions. And them getting a first successful title uh, title defense. Because that, that'd be two times where, you know, it would be, it would be well, I guess I shouldn't say it. Because Shotzi and Ember did retain on television uh, against the Robert Stone brand and, uh, like two weeks ago. So there is a successful title defense there. But like on a, on a big one where it matters, they're just going to drop them right away. I just can't see that. So, I mean, I, again, I would not be surprised at all. If they decided to bring a lot of titles to the way on this night by having Candice and, and Indy win the women's tag titles. But I my gut is telling me Shotzi, Blackheart, and Ember Moon will retain. And that is the prediction I am sticking with. So all three of us, much like Walter retaining his NXT United Kingdom title, all three of us unanimously agree that Shotzi and Ember will retain the women's tag titles. So... Again, let's go over the matches for night one before we move on again, because I want to do a, a, a total of all the predictions here. So, for this, me and Gabe said Pete Dunne to Brandon opposing and saying Kushida. Second match, me and Gabe agree on Dexter Loomis, where is Brandon opposed and went with L.A. Knight. Third match, me and Brandon agreed on MSK. Whereas Gabe differed and went with the Grizzled Young Veterans. All three of us unanimously agree that Walter will retain his championship over Tommaso. 
And for the main event of night one, me and Gabe are saying Raquel Gonzalez to become the new NXT Women's Champion, whereas Brandon opposes and said Io Shirai retains. Okay. So again, I just wanted to make sure. I did think only Walter was the only one where all three of us unanimously agreed on the title being retained. So now that it's happening here again on, on, on night one, all three of us are unanimously agreeing that Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon will defeat the way to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team titles in the opener of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. Second match for TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2 will be Johnny Gargano defending his title. It's right now a mystery opponent, but against the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator from Night 1. As I said, I went with Dexter Loomis. Gabe went with Dexter Loomis. And Brandon went with LA Knight. But what's interesting is what do we think is going to happen with the title when Johnny defends against the Gauntlet Eliminator winner? Let's go with Brandon first on this one. Let's see what he had to say. So, he said, LA Knight, new North American champion. What did Gabe have to say? He said, if it is Loomis, Gargano loses. If it is not Loomis, Gargano wins. I don't want it to happen, but I could see them giving the belt to Loomis. I mean, the belt lost all credibility when Ruff won it, but it's not like it'll go lower if Loomis wins it. By the by, I too believe that Loomis would be better off on the main roster. Gargano over not Loomis, Loomis over Gargano. But you see, what I did here is I chose, he definitively said Loomis to win the gauntlet. That was his overall pick. Loomis over the other gauntlet competitors. So I'm taking his winner. So he says that Dexter Loomis will win the gauntlet. And if Loomis goes on to win and he challenges Johnny the next night, Loomis will win the title. This is where I oppose. <laughs> I believe Dexter Loomis will win the gauntlet on night one. But I don't think he wins the belt from Johnny. I think Johnny will end up retaining the title on this night. And it's because I just don't see the two big singles titles of NXT changing hands in the same night. I don't think it's ever happened where the North American title is defended. And because I, I have a prediction for the main event that will, will hold this down. But I just, I don't see, you know multiple title changes happening on on night two i just i don't see it and i, I again i don't <clears throat> i don't think that uh johnny's reign ends here i think he he manages to pull it out because dexter loomis doesn't need a belt to do his whole wacky death stare stalker gimmick thing that he's been doing since he's debuted doesn't really need a belt for that and Johnny's been having a pretty good run and having what's funnily enough, the longest title reign of his entire NXT career in this third North American championship reign. And I just don't see it ending on uh, April 8th. But I mean, I guess we'll find out because both of my co-hosts went with their gauntlet eliminator winners to win the gauntlet on night one and both go on to defeat Johnny Gargano to become the new champion on night on night two. I'm the opposite. I believe, like Gabe, that Dexter Loomis will win the gauntlet. But unlike Gabe, I think he fails in his pursuit to keep the title. And that Johnny 
by hook or by crook will keep the NXT North American Championship around his waist or over his shoulder. Whichever you prefer. We'll find out. We'll find out in two nights. Next up, we have the ladder match to determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So a really long time ago, by that I mean well over a year ago, before the pandemic spread across the world, WWE held a show called Worlds Collide at the beginning of 2020. And um, Jordan Devlin won this like triple threat or fatal four-way match to become the new Cruiserweight Champion. He won it from like Angel Garza. And he's been champion ever since. But he went back to the UK or to to Ireland when the global shutdown happened. And he ended up getting travel restricted there for ages. And he wasn't going to be coming back to the States anytime soon. So WWE decided to christen a US version. And said, we'll keep Devlin in the UK and we'll just do a US version. And they held this big tournament. With multiple cruiserweights. Um, and at the time, uh, Santos was working under a mask as a, as a baby face. Um, El Hijo del whatever. He was he was like a masked, masked superstar. And he, with help from Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde under the mask, beat Drake Maverick to, be, to win the tournament and become the U.S. side... NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And he's been champion ever since. I mean, after that, he ended up doing an immediate heel turn where he unmasked and said, I'm, I'm no longer a luchador, blah, blah, blah. I'm a fancy suit-wearing, trash-talking heel. And he's beaten pretty much everybody. He's walked through challenger after challenger. Drake Maverick, Isaiah Swerve Scott, um, Jake Atlas. He's ran through just about everybody that's been paired against him. Um... He's had a long run. I mean, Devlin obviously has had a a run longer. So they eventually have decided that this was the time to bring Devlin back now that he has no more travel restrictions. And they've decided to pair him against Santos, uh, original champion and interim champion. And they've been on this collision course uh, to determine the undisputed champion. It's an angle that they ran in the buildup to the show with Devlin kind of coming back stateside and being able to work for Black and Gold brand NXT again, which is good. And that's why this match is happening. And uh, two weeks before the go-home, like two weeks ago, Shawn Michaels added the stipulation that the match is now going to be a ladder match to determine the undisputed Cruiserweight Champion. So only one man will walk away with the title of NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So who on earth is going to climb that ladder and get that undisputed crown? Let's see what Brandon had to say for this prediction. He said, Jordan Devlin. Fair enough. Let's see what Gabe had to say. Alright, where is this prediction? Oh yeah, here we go. Devlin. Oh, he says, Santos was never supposed to be the champion, but him as interim champion showed a lot of promise. I think since Devlin is back in the States, HBK can finally roll out the plans he has had for Devlin to continue ever since the pandemic put his NXT career on pause. Devlin over Escobar. So, what do I think? Who do I think is going to win this matchup? I, again, have to go with my co-host, and we all unanimously agree 
that Jordan Devlin will outlast Santos Escobar, overcome potential interference from Legato del Fantasma. He'll climb to the top of that ladder, and he will become the undis- and he'll be crowned undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion, putting Escobar's interim reign to an end, overcoming Legato del Fantasma, and then I guess working for NXT full time. It seems very much that Shawn Michaels and Triple H are super high on Jordan Devlin, and they're going to want to feature him more. This is their this is a big stage for him to be competing on. Give him a big win to reusher him into the stateside black and gold brand, and obviously he can bring it back and defend it in NXT UK as well. This championship is technically a shared title between NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live, but this is Devlin's big like comeback to stateside NXT. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, as I said, clearly very, very high on him, and I definitely see him winning this match and being deemed the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So another match where three, me and my co-hosts all agree on the outcome. <laughs> so now we move on to the semi-main, which is um, the unsanctioned match. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. So Adam Cole ended up killing the Undisputed Era at the end of uh, TakeOver Vengeance Day. Uh, Finn Balor was able to defeat Pete Dunne to retain the NXT title. And then Birch and Lorcan attacked him from behind. And along with Dunne, they triple teamed Balor. And this prompted the Undisputed Era to come out and make the save. That being Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong. Bobby Fish has been injured since TakeOver War Games. He has been pretty much MIA this whole year. I don't think he's been seen once in 2021. He's out of the picture. He's hurt. He hasn't been involved in anything Undisputed Era related since we hit the new year. Uh, but still, O'Reilly, Strong, and Cole came out to make the save. They fought off uh, Dunn, Birch, and Lorcan, and they helped Finn Balor to his feet. Or at least Kyle O'Reilly helped Finn Balor to his feet. They're all about to pose as a unit, and Adam Cole, out of nowhere, super kicks Finn Balor. Lays him out. This causes Kyle O'Reilly to be very upset. He's pissed off at Adam. He's wondering why he, he did this. You know, Finn, Finn was beginning to trust. How could you just do this? And while Kyle is kind of throwing like this, 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 this fit of sorts, he turns around into a super kick from Adam Cole. Adam Cole just super kicked Kyle O'Reilly on purpose. Roderick Strong is left without a cause. And everybody's wondering what the fuck's going to happen. Well, afterward... Um, Roderick Strong kind of demanded afterwards um, Kyle O'Reilly and, and Finn Balor are in a tag match and Adam Cole ends up attacking Kyle O'Reilly viciously beats him up and gives him a brain buster on the steps that uh, medically or storyline purposes took him out of action for like a month and in that time that Kyle was out Adam Cole ends up uh, you know fucking over Roddy Strong too Roderick Strong kind of demanded some answers from Adam Cole and Adam kind of fake apologized and fake tears and got Roddy on his side and then just kind of low blowed him and super kicked him, called him stupid and basically just, just fucking obliterated him. And, and then Roddy ends up just kind of tiffing with both Kyle and Adam. It's, the undisputed era is, is dead and it's done. It'd just be interesting to see what they do with Bobby Fish once he comes back. Then eventually Adam Cole gets a title shot against Finn Balor about three weeks ago. And 
Adam Cole gets sent to the outside. Kyle O'Reilly makes his big return, walks from the, the crowd area, and goes over the barricade. This distraction leads to Finn Balor getting the advantage and retaining the title. And now Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly have had brawls on television. They've done big promos on each other. And now the score is to be settled in an unsanctioned match. Just like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa from three years ago. And I'm getting very similar vibes from this feud. I think it's being done for the same purpose. That being said, who goes over in this big match? Kyle O'Reilly is uh, coming off of uh, a big significant NXT title loss to Finn Balor. Um, him and the rest of the Undisputed Era went on to win War Games as a unit, their final match as a team. And uh, none of the Undisputed Era actually competed at TakeOver Vengeance Day. So Kyle's coming off a big TakeOver win, but he was uh, coming off a big TakeOver loss, but he's also coming off a big TakeOver win. Adam Cole, on the other hand, um, I don't even think he competed at TakeOver 31 where Kyle challenged for the title. And then as I said, the Undisputed Era ended up um, winning their last big War Games match as a faction. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting at who I think is going to win. But let's throw it over to Brandon. And he just messaged me. I wonder what he's saying here. I just see a message from him now. Um, let's see who he said was going to win this uh, unsanctioned match. All right, so he says, Cole in the best match of night two. The feud will continue. What did Gabe have to say about this semi-main? For Cole and O'Reilly, I believe that they'll make O'Reilly the next Gargano of NXT. Loses a bunch, but is still the babyface that the crowd so desperately wants to see win through their shill and hard work and heart in the ring. I believe NXT will build up the satisfaction of O'Reilly winning, but Cole over O'Reilly. So both guys are saying that Adam Cole will win this first encounter in this unsanctioned match, semi-main of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2, to keep the feud going. But I think you can keep the feud going by giving the babyface the win here. I don't know why my gut is telling me this. Like, instinctually, I would obviously want to agree with them and say that Adam Cole will win and, and find the dirtiest way to win an unsanctioned match. And, and that's how it keeps going. But I just have a feeling that Kyle is going to get the win here. I don't know what it is. He's coming up two big NXT title losses to Finn Balor. He may have helped his team win at war games and got the pin, but I feel he needs that big singles takeover victory. And all eyes are going to be on this match. This is the time to give him the big win, even if it's a fluke win. Let's take a look back to SummerSlam 2002 when Shawn Michaels finally came out of retirement and he faced Triple H in an unsanctioned match. He ended up winning with like a jackknife fluke pin to win the match. And Triple H got his heat back, attacking him with a sledgehammer after the match. And uh, the feud continued. Let's take a look at the previous unsanctioned match. That happened at a WrestleMania week takeover three years ago. Takeover New Orleans. Johnny Gargano takes on Tommaso Ciampa in an unsanctioned match in the main event of the show. And Johnny Gargano ends up persevering and winning the match. Now granted, it was a storyline that in that match, Johnny was fighting for his job back. If he lost, he would, he would be banned from NXT. He would remain fired. 
but he fought and won his job back. So there was a reason to give Johnny the win there, but still, it was the first match of the feud, and, and Johnny won being the babyface. I mean, in, in Triple H and Shawn Michaels' case from all those many years ago, there was there was nothing really on the, I mean, Shawn was coming out of retirement, so you could say, you know, you had to give the conquering guy his, uh, his first win back, but it, I mean, it was still the first match of their feud. Baby faces have won the first unsanctioned match, and the heel has done something dastardly afterward to keep the heat going. And that's why it's just, that's my gut feeling on this. I mean, I want to say Adam Cole like my co-host, but my gut is telling me otherwise, and I'm going with it. I'm going to be the one guy who stands out from the prediction, and I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. And I say Kyle O'Reilly will get his first big solo takeover win, defeating Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match and the semi-main of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. Also, I believe that this is going to be the beginning of a, a decently long feud between these two, where Kyle is going to pull it out in the end, and I believe that this feud is going to be used to take Kyle to the next level, because they're going to want him to be challenging for the NXT Championship within, by the end of this year, or the beginning of next year, much like they kind of did with Johnny Gargano in the, the Tommaso storyline. So... I think Kyle O'Reilly, you'll see him back in the title picture by the end of this year, if not by the beginning of the second. And it all starts with him getting a big, big win here. Now, last of all, we have the main event of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2, exclusive on the WWE Network and everywhere else in the world and Peacock in the U.S. And that is the NXT Championship Match. Finn Balor to defend against Karrion Cross. So we, when Cross came back in the new year, beginning of 2021, we all knew it was a matter of time before he ended up challenging Balor for the belt. They decided to hold off on it until the quarter two takeover. They gave Pete Dunne the quarter one shot against Balor so that Balor could work against Pete Dunne in the main event and have that great match at, at Vengeance Day, which, I mean, you might have been able to say it was a little predictable, but it was still a fantastic match. Um, that was Balor's last title defense. And after getting, after beating Adam Cole in the lead up to the show, Karrion Cross ends up standing behind Balor. They have a big face off and it's pretty much confirmed after that, that Cross was going to get the next shot against Balor. So in the lead up to this, Cross and Balor teamed up for the tag titles. This is the match where Danny Bird suffered the freak shoulder injury and uh, Cross on purpose ended up attacking Balor and costing them the tag titles and uh, Oni Lorcan got to pin the NXT champion because of Karrion Cross, by the way. So uh, that was something. Um, after the match, Cross uh, laid out Balor more with the, the he's been he's been using he hasn't really choked anybody out since he's come back. He hasn't been using the um, what, the, the straight jacket choke that he he was using after he debuted last year. Now now he's using like a a running forearm to the back of the head and pinning people. Now he's like using this running forearm. As his finish. Uh, it's what he's been using since he's come back. It's how he beat Damian Priest in his return match. It's how he's won other matches, including beating Santos Escobar randomly just a few weeks um, before he and Balor got in each other's uh, sights. And then after that, they uh, they kind of had an in-ring promo in the ring, a big in-ring face-off. And then on the go-home show, they just kind of ran a, a video package for both this match and the O'Reilly and uh, Cole matches. I mean... None of, the, none of the, those four men were used on, on the, the go-home show to take over. They were just uh, shown off in these really awesome video packages that I'm sure they're going to re-air on these two nights of TakeOver midweek this week. So 
Something's got to give here, though, because these are the two most well-booked dudes on the roster. Finn has not lost a takeover <laughs> uh, since he's come back to NXT. He beat Matt Riddle in his takeover return at TakeOver War Games in 2019. He beat Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Portland last year. He beat Damian Priest at TakeOver In Your House last year. He beat Timothy Thatcher at TakeOver 30 last year. And he beat Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT title in the main event of TakeOver 31 last year. He was recovering from a broken jaw and therefore did not compete at TakeOver War Games, which was the last TakeOver of last year. And then at TakeOver Vengeance Day, he defeated Pete Dunne to retain the NXT title. Every TakeOver Finn Balor <clears throat> has competed at since he returned to the NXT brand, he has won. And his only losses have been where he's been attacked by outside interference or, yeah, it's basically like he's been distracted or suffered outside interference or somebody attacked him from behind and set him up to get beaten. It's been like a distraction or being shoved off the top rope. Some sort of dirty tactic. He, he, the times, the, the, and it's like, what, maybe been three, four times total? I don't even think that much. And it's all been due to outside interference or a distraction. He's not actually legitimately lost clean either since returning to NXT. And then you have Karrion Cross, who is a guy who's been killing and squashing everybody and has been has beaten everybody that's been put in front of him. He ends up being shot straight to the top to face Keith Lee for the NXT title last summer. He beats Keith Lee to win the belt, but tragedy strikes when in that match, Cross tears his shoulder. He gets severely injured, his shoulder requires surgery, and he has to immediately relinquish the title just days after winning it. He's put on the shelf for four to five months, and now he is back. This is his first takeover since he's come back, since they purposely held him off from Vengeance Day because they wanted to give Pete Dunne that, that takeover spotlight. And now he is finally getting his shot back at the title that he never lost. Something's got to give here with the two strongest booked individuals fighting for a title in the main event. But what did the lads have to say before I get into my prediction? Let's take a look. Let's start with Brandon. What did he have to say? Cross puts Balor to sleep. Simply enough, even though I think, even though you could hit him with the running forearm to the skull and knock him out with a forearm, but I guess point. Cross puts Balor to sleep. Brandon says Cross. Let's see what uh, let's see what Gabe had to say. He's he had quite a bit to say about this. So he says, "I am not a fan of Cross in NXT." I think he'd be perfect for the main roster. NXT, in my opinion, is more about being the indie-rific workhorse that you are. Cross is all lights and show. I cannot recall a good match involving Cross in NXT or Impact. With that being said, I know Triple H is high on him, and Balor never has a problem lying down when asked to. So I'm glad I'm unfortunately or sadly gonna have to go for a title change. Cross over Balor. Interesting. While if there is some sort of plot to bring Cross and Scarlet up to the main roster after the show immediately, I will not completely count out or be surprised if Finn Balor wins and they decide to keep the title on him. But I think Cross is going to get that run he was supposed to get last year. If he didn't tear his shoulder, he would have had a significant run through the summer and fall of 2020. He got hurt, had to relinquish the belt, and that run was put on hold. 
Now he is back in the title picture. And I believe. And really, only Finn Balor is only champion because Cross got hurt. Balor ended up winning the vacant title by defeating Adam Cole after Karrion Cross was forced to vacate it. Finn Balor won the vacant championship that Cross surrendered. So I have to go with Karrion Cross regaining the NXT championship in the main event of Takeover Stand and Deliver Night 2. Even though if they decide to call if there if there is some sort of plan that we just haven't heard about where Vince wants Cross and Scarlett on the main roster and they call them up, that's the only thing that'll keep the belt on Balor. But I don't think Cross is going up yet. I think they're going to before he gets called up, they want to give him that months long dominant championship reign that they wanted to give him in 2020. An injury put it on the back burner, put it on delay, and now they have a chance to do it again. Except instead of it happening in the summer and fall of 2020, it's going to happen over the spring and summer of 2021. Once again, a match where all three, me and my two co-hosts, unanimously agree that Karrion Cross will regain the NXT Championship, defeating Finn Balor to become the new champion in the main event of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. So, I agree that there is going to be a championship title change in both nights of TakeOver Stand and Deliver. In both main events, you're going to see title changes. Um, and this also explains why I don't think Johnny Gargano is going to lose the championship. There's never been a TakeOver where both of those titles changed hands in the same night, and I just don't see it now. I'd love to be proven wrong, even though Dexter Loomis... Wouldn't exactly be my choice to take the title off of Johnny. But, I mean, I still have more stake in... I for sure think the NXT Championship is going to change hands in the main event. And I do not think the North American title changes hands on this show. But anyway, those are all the predictions for me and the boys on NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. The next show I'm going to record on Friday, predicting both nights of WrestleMania 37. Maybe I'll have a co-host, maybe I won't. We'll see what the boys have to say about that. I'll gauge them for Friday and see what they have to say. In the meantime, for all your podcast listening pleasures, we are on Anchor, which is a affiliate platform of Spotify. So therefore, we are on Spotify. Most people use that for their music and podcasts. But if you use any of the other following platforms, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Copy RSS. And if you happen to be watching the video form of this podcast on my YouTube channel and you enjoyed what you've seen and heard, you can give a little subscribe button to the Braster YouTube channel. All of these podcasts get uploaded on my YouTube channel every time I record them. I upload them to Anchor which then distributes it to the podcast platforms I just mentioned, and then I upload the video copy to YouTube every time these episodes get recorded. So again, the next episode would actually be, I hope to do TakeOver Stand and Deliver review the night it happens, like right after the show gets off the air, I plan to review it. I think that's the best course of action. And then the night after that, I'll be predicting both nights of WrestleMania 37 on Friday night. Now that is all for me, folks. So I will see you all later this WrestleMania week. Stay tuned, everybody.